Um, I want to say hello to all of you and thank you for uh, inviting me here today. I was talking about it a little bit before I started saying that, you know, fear and uh, excitement kind of sound, feel the same way inside of us, so I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, and I have to say, my name is Rosemary Kane, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified addiction treatment counselor. And I have my private practice in Laguna Hills. And man, when I say that, it's still so hard for me to believe that that's who I am, and that's what I do, and this is where I live. <laughs> uh, because my life is so different now than it was before I had that, um, kind of that moment of clarity, or as Oprah calls it, that aha moment. And what we call it, of course, is that, that time when we connect with God in a way that we really know that He's within us, He's around us, and that we're doing His will, which um, I fought for a long, long time. Because uh, in the midst of my very chaotic life as a single mom working in a demanding field of marketing and promotions, um, I worked with the Disney company doing international marketing and with a couple of other uh, companies, and then at a major radio station in LA. And it's a real um, it's probably the perfect place for someone like me who is a people pleaser to continue on with my craziness because it was all about trying to get opposing forces to join together and move forward and it was almost an impossible task but I could never admit that I had to make it happen had to be in control of those things um, and one day I was at my daughter's volleyball game and I was watching her play and half of me was really into it loving it and the other half was spinning oh my god I should be home taking care of my mom. She's sick. I should be at my other daughter's house. I mean, and with this daughter, I should be with that daughter, and I should be helping my son with his kids. And no, I should be at work another weekend showing my boss how totally important I am in his life and how much he needs me. So wherever I was, I was where I wasn't supposed to be, which kept the guilt turning and kept me spinning. And I was sitting there, and this lady that I didn't really even know, I met her a few times, came over and sat next to me and said, if I um, make an appointment with this friend of mine who happens to be a Catholic priest, would you go see him? I thought, how embarrassing. <laughs> I know that it's all going on in here, but I had no idea that it was that evident on the outside. And um, I thought, okay, all I have to do is say no, I'm too busy, or I can say yes, and then when the time comes, make up an excuse, because I was really good at that. But there was something that was happening inside me that I just said, okay, yeah, I will. And she called the next day and gave me the address of the DePaul Center in Montebello. And uh, before I knew it, I was on my way to see this priest. And of course, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, that's good. I feel guilty. He'll help me with that. <laughs> and um, because that was a little bit of my experience going to 12 years of Catholic school. Um, but when I went, I walked up to the door and with my head down. And when I knocked on the door, and when the door opened, all I saw was these big, probably sized, like 14 feet, <laughs> inside Birkenstock sandals with no socks. And um, as I kept looking up, I realized now that this man was like six foot eight. He had long hair, a mustache, a beard. It wasn't like the Catholic priest I was used to running into. And um, but he had like the most kind, gentle eyes. And there was something about them when he looked at me that I it just I just kept looking. <laughs> and he looked he just looked down and he said, How are you? And I said, I'm fine. That's what you say, right? And somebody says, How are you? And he said, Okay, but I mean really. 
how are you? And I said, oh gosh, is there supposed to be, oh, you know what he said? You know what fine stands for in my line of work? And I'm thinking, okay, he's a priest. Where's that Catholic catechism? What, is there supposed to be an answer about fine, trying to remember all this stuff? And I said, no, I don't know what it means in your line of work. And he said, well, it means that you're freaked out, but he said that other F word, which really freaked me out. And um, he said, you're insecure, you're neurotic, and evasive. And I said, I am so fine. <laughs> so I walked in and sat down, and it was the beginning of a really amazing friendship with this man who listened to me, he heard me, he accepted me with no guilt, no shame. And after several months, um, he asked me if I would be on his board of directors, because at the radio station I worked with, I think, you know, we were both hoping that we could do some PSAs, get some word out about his uh, organization, which was called the Family Intervention Center and Services. Um, but, of course, while I was there, I learned so much more from him than I ever gave to him. And what he taught me about was the disease of addiction and how this disease hurts so many families. He trained me in a process called the family intervention process. And uh, before I know it, he had the two of us going into homes with families where a parent, a child, a sister, or a brother was addicted to drugs or alcohol. And what we would do is give them both the tools to help the addicted person and the permission to the family to begin to live their own lives. Um, so learning all that I was learning from Jack and helping others make healthier choices, I finally started to practice a little bit of what we were preaching. I decided, against the uh, advice of all family and friends, <laughs> um, to leave the field of marketing and promotions, um, to leave my unhealthy relationships behind, and to let go of trying to control the lives of my adult children. It's a hard thing to do. Um, and the really amazing thing was that I decided to return to school. It was something I always wanted to do and told myself, oh, how can you do that? You've got to be doing all these other things. But I always wanted that. I got married very young and, and uh, never got to go to college. So I made up my mind that that's what I wanted to do. And it was still so firm in my heart and my mind that I, I just I knew there was nothing else. And at age 50, walking into college <laughs> is a different kind of experience. But the way that it was for me is every hallway that I looked down, all I saw was knowledge. So many things that were available to learn, whether it was about rocks <laughs> and geology or history or any of those things. And what I was going to be concentrating on is drug and alcohol studies, but in the meantime, because I had to do algebra <laughs> and history and all those other things, there was so much there for me to learn. Um, however, as a result of all the many bad choices I made before this, uh, my financial state was rather bleak, and I ended up having to, in order to go to school, having to live with my son for a while and then with my daughter. But this was the time that I got that uh, aha moment in Oprah's words, and in the field of recovery, we call it a God shot, a time when um, there's no doubt that, that God is right there, and you're in his presence, and he's talking to you. And what happened is I was on my way to the bus stop, because I also didn't have a car, as well as not having a house. And, um, but I was riding the bus to school, because I knew that's what I wanted, that's where I wanted to be. And um, 
as I was walking to the bus stop with the backpack on my back, with all my books, I was in the best shape I'd ever been in my life. <laughs> and um, I all of a sudden I realized I was smiling, I was laughing, I was actually giggling as I was walking down the street. And right then I knew, and I felt this warmth, this really true, this warmth that was just all around me. And whether it was there or not, I'm not sure, but to me it was. There was a light that, that was just everywhere. And I knew that right then and there, God was there with me. And I knew that I was doing His will finally, instead of, like we all have done, I'm sure, believing that we were the in charge, we were calling all the shots and fighting Him. I knew that I was doing what He wanted me to do. And as I'm thanking Him and telling Him, you know, I'm satisfied, I'm happy, I'm content, I said, but, <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> there's usually sometimes a but in our prayers. And I said, but, you know, last night I was on my way to picking some things up that we needed, Jack and I needed for the family that we were working with, and I was taking the bus, and it was in a new territory for me. I didn't know the area that well. And I asked the bus driver, when we get to this certain intersection, would you please let me know? And he said, sure, don't worry. And he forgot. So after a couple of hours, we were at the end of the line, dark, kind of late, in the middle of Santa Ana. A little bit scary. And so, God, would you please help me get there a little bit easier? You know, help me find a way to the places where I think you want me to go. Um, and because I don't want to put myself in danger. And I want to get where you want me to go. So please help me. Well, that night, I went to a board meeting at the Family Intervention Center. And Father Jack walked right up to me, said, This was donated today, and I think you need it more than anyone else. And dropped into my hand a set of car keys. Wow, <laughs> that was a really quick answer to prayer, and it was also much more than I asked for. I just wanted a more direct route on <laughs> the bus, and he gave me a car. And you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, that's coincidence," but I don't buy that. I really don't. I believe that it was an actual gift from God. So um, I was again it felt the confirmation that I was on the right track. That I was doing as well. And you know, I kept that car for about three years and sold it for $600. Isn't that so? <laughs> um, but from the first day, I, I, class I took at Cypress College, what, what that first class was was called cancel, Counseling the Families of Addicted Persons. And I thought, you know, I want to continue working with Jack in the field of addiction and work with families, but I want to learn more. And so I knew then that I would go on to get my master's in counseling psychology and have a private practice. And um, I would continue to help spread the word about addiction. So I went through Cyprus, and the night I graduated from Cyprus College, I left for a trip to San Miguel de Allende in Mexico because a lot of my clients, a lot of our clients were Spanish-speaking, and I thought if I learned the language, I could be a better helper. And that's where I met my husband, John, who has truly you know, broken all those ties that had bound me. And um, his name means gift of God. And, um, <laughs> and he really is that gift of, from God to me. And again, a confirmation. I wasn't out looking for him. <laughs> I was doing what I believed was God's will, and there he was, and he found me. So after we got married, I continued on with my education, and he retired, went to college, and got his master's in gerontology, and now works through the county with older adults who are suffering from mental health problems. Where can I find somebody like that on my own? Never happened. 
Um, so in addition to my private practice, I'm the clinical director for an agency called Grace Recovery, which is an intensive outpatient program. And everyone that goes through the program gets eight sessions for either themselves or their families with me in addition to the other groups that they have. And in my private practice, I see many families that suffer from this disease of addiction, and we still do family interventions with the goal of getting the person with addiction into treatment and getting the family out of their own suffering. Um, but I also see many clients who are going through other challenges and, and uh, transitions. It's such an honor to be invited into the world of someone else, and sometimes it feels like I'm being invited into their soul, which is... Um, you know, it's a challenge, but it's more than, it's a real honor to think that that can happen. I believe that true health, you know, encompasses the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual, but it seems that that one part that keeps us able to withstand all of our upsets and the disturbing situations that happen in our life is the spiritual. And that only comes from our higher power. So my goal with each client is first to remember to ask God, who showed himself so clearly to me, um, to help me to see through his eyes, to hear through his ears, and to accept without judgment each client that he sends to me. And my hope is that each person can begin to search for and then to find that spark and that spirit that I found on that day on my way to that bus stop. It's my goal. spiritual life, your prayer life, your sacramental life, or anything like that? Well, um, John and I found saying... Can you repeat the question? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, the question was, what do I do for my own spiritual life at, at this time? And um, it's interesting because sometimes... Well, what I started to say is John and I come to St. Edward's. It's fairly new to us, and it's beautiful. It's an amazing um, faith community. Uh, I also went through the Brazil and would love to repeat that with him because that was before we met. And a lot of my spirituality, though, I think, um, comes from my work, from, from the clients that I see. You know, I, there's so much um, suffering that happens, and there's also so many times that I believe that God sends me people to, to teach me lessons as, as I'm hopefully helping them. So I feel like right now in my life, the spirituality is on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis. It's not um, centered in any one situation. That makes any sense. And you know, in the uh, re- recovery community, every meeting is started with a prayer <laughs> and ended with one. And some of you have probably heard that prayer, the serenity prayer. And um, it says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And of course, with my life, I kept asking my um, Sponsor in a group called Adult Children of Alcoholics, I said, you know, how do you know the difference? How do you get that wisdom? So she, this is the prayer I use all the time. It's God, grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change, the courage to change the one I cannot, and the wisdom to know that's me. 